Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's ham radio. Everybody, Sam Talk Live, episode number 50. Joe goes to Xenia. It's a sneak peek at the Hamvention's new home recorded live on Thursday, February 2nd, 2017. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight on the show, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, the kit building editor at CQ Magazine, is here to talk about his recent trip to the Greene County Fairgrounds in Xenia, Ohio, which is the new home of the Dayton Hamvention. And uh, we'll probably talk some kit building uh, as well. I know he's got a new kit he's excited to talk about, so we'll probably throw in some kit building as well, but we're going to start off with... Some Hamvention stuff tonight, and we will take your calls. So if you have kit building questions or questions about Hamvention, we'll try to field those as best we can. Again, Joe's not a um, an official spokesperson for the Dayton Amateur Radio Association or anything, but tonight he's just reporting on what he was able to photograph and see and hear. Uh, last month. So if you have some questions, get those dialing fingers ready. The number is 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261, or you can Skype us. Uh, the username is HamTalkLive. You can also tweet us anytime. You can go ahead and tweet us right now if you want. Our uh, Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive, and We'll take those calls after we talk to Joe for a while. So after uh, a couple of commercial breaks here and, and talk to Joe, then we'll uh, let you know when to call in. Last week on the show, astronaut, author, and explorer and builder Richard Garriott, W5KWQ, was on the show. And uh, he was talking about uh, operating from the International Space Station and his new book, Explore, Create. So if you missed the show... You can listen to that anytime you want, 24-7, 365, 
on demand at hamtalklive.com or if you have a podcasting app, we're probably on it. We're on um, Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, TuneIn, just to name a few. And we're also on a YouTube channel, so you can check us out there as well. So, coming up next, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, will join us right after this word from the ham station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by The Ham Station. For over 37 years, The Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yezu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Kushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Look for me at Dayton. I'll be the one wearing the Yesu hat. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. The ham station has you covered for both new and used equipment. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. Be sure to listen to the show every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on HamTalkLive.com. And check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Just search for us at HamTalkLive. Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, recently returned from uh, or to his beloved Nebraska from Xenia, Ohio, where Dayton Hamvention is on the move. Joe is well known for his picture shows of Hamvention, and that uh, gave him a chance to check out the new gigs over at uh, over at Xenia and hear about some of the planning that's taking place for this year's Hamvention. Um, he is the longtime kit building editor at CQ Magazine, and often makes presentations about um, kit building and offers kit builds at Hamfest conventions and club meetings. Joe started ham radio at a very early age and has been licensed since 1969. And he's uh, also very well known for his Dr. Seuss hat that he wears only at Dayton. And uh, he lives in Lincoln, Nebraska, an avid Cornhusker fan. We won't hold that too far against him since you, you don't play Kentucky. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll deal with that. And he works in the IT industry for his day job. So. Joe, thanks for coming on Ham Talk Live tonight, and especially on such short notice. We uh, we were kind of holding uh, the spot open here, and, and um, I appreciate you coming on on short notice tonight. Well, thank you very much, Neil. And I, I can tell you the, the, the people in Dayton are very, very busy. Uh, you'll never see a more dedicated group of people. In fact, uh, having dinner with the general chairman before the club meeting uh, four weeks ago, I was astonished at how many texts and phone calls he gets. And 
he's retired, so his real full-time job is being chairman of Hamvention. And he says it starts when he gets up and it goes till late in the evening that, that he's getting calls over all different aspects because he's basically trying to reinvent the biggest ham show in the world in a new place. In past years, it's only been minor changes here and there, and now it's it's a complete sea change of what it's going to look like. Now, one year when I was doing the, my little ham fest down in Evansville, which is nowhere close to Dayton, uh, we had um, <clears throat> a little mix-up, shall we say, um, with the the uh, fairgrounds people and, uh, they, they rented our building out. <laughs> and so we had to change locations and, and it was still, you know, the same fairgrounds, but it was different building, different setup. And, oh my goodness, it was like starting all over again because you just got to replan everything and try to make things fit with less room and, and, you know, locate this and locate that and change this traffic pattern and change. <laughs> and, oh, it, it was. It was just like starting all over again. So I can only imagine what they're having to go through, um, changing things, trying to park everybody on site now and splitting uh, up into separate buildings and and. Just all of the things that are that are going on to, to make that change where normally you get into a routine and, you know, people kind of know their jobs and, and everything's, you know, running fine. You make some little tweaks here and there to improve. And then now all of a sudden all of that's gone. And, and, and it, it's kind of exciting in a way. It's also kind of a downer in a way that, you know, after going for so many years to Hera, it's like, you know the pattern. You know where you want to go, which places you want to make sure to get to, you know, and you can prioritize things, and, and you've got this plan. Well, I And I now them, <laughs> it's yes. all gone. Yeah, I told them, I said, you know, I can tell somebody on my UHF frequency or on DMR, hey, meet me in front of the ICOM booth. Well, everybody knew where that was. It was right across from the prize booth. And – now, you know, we don't know where that's going to be. We don't know where anything is. Um, I have been there, and I can tell you that the amount of uh, square footage inside is smaller than what was at Hare Arena. Uh, the good news is, is that the buildings where the forums are, are much bigger. The rooms are much bigger than what we had at Hare Arena for forums. And we no longer have that room with the partitions uh, that separate it from the exhibit hall where I had to pretty much yell for everybody to hear over it. Um, the, uh, all the forums are going to be in heated and air-conditioned buildings, and they're very quiet. And they're completely, absolutely separated from the commercial exhibits. So if you want to attend the seminars, uh, get ready for a nice, comfortable time, heated, air-conditioned comfortable and quiet and most of the buildings that have the forms have their own restrooms in those buildings as well now you but, can't hear this but you just got a, a a standing ovation round of applause from 
no more dividers in the forum rooms. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to take it back. Uh, the, the two largest forum rooms will have a divider, but it's a lot more soundproof, okay? Wow. Okay, we'll take but, it. <laughs> but still, it's heated and air-conditioned and more well-lit, and and the, the carpet isn't... Uh, beginning to grow roots and things like that <laughs> but, but um no black mold on the ceiling uh, no uh, yeah. no it's okay. it's gonna look good in fact i made a special slideshow in black and white uh did some artistic photography and i shot it a year ago this month when i was there to do a kit build uh a year ago this month i i went over to Hair Arena, and I started taking pictures. And I went in and found Karen Wampler, who ran the place. And I asked her if I could just wander around and take pictures. And she she asked, "Why do you want to take pictures now?" And I said, "Well, you know, I, I want I just want to document this place." And then she kind of figured out what I was doing, and she asked if I wanted to have the main arena lit up, which was set up for hockey. And I said, sure. And so there's a lot of very artistic photos in this. Uh, they were shot in color and then converted manually to black and white. And I had to pay attention to the shading and the contrast and so forth to to make it flow. And so there's a lot of artistic photography that's involved in that slideshow. And it's called Wish You Were Here. And it has the theme song from uh, Pink Floyd. But uh, the forum rooms, you're going to love it. Uh, three of them are pretty close by. And the fourth one is kind of closer to the uh, horse track. But it's also indoors, heated and air-conditioned, and a very comfortable building with plenty of room. So I think we're going to have the quietest forum rooms we've ever had at Dayton. Uh, the exhibit halls, um, quite frankly, are not heated or air conditioned, but they're extremely heavily ventilated and uh, big, big fans and stuff. Something that we did not have at Hair Arena because at Hair Arena, they could not heat or air condition those buildings. And the reason was is that the doors are always open. It could never keep up. So... Um, what people don't realize is, for most of the history of Hamvention, it was never heated or air-conditioned. People don't realize that. So we're kind of at the mercy of Ohio weather like we were before, but these buildings are very well insulated. And you'll like it. Um, because the buildings are square, um, there isn't the uh, hodgepodge that you saw at Hare Arena. Uh, there's also a covered walkway between the three largest buildings. So if it's raining, you can walk between them and not have to uh, get wet. However, um, as in all ham fests, I'd say watch the weather uh, and bring an umbrella if you need. Uh, the flea market is going to be, most of it is going to be inside the horse track. And there's an exception. There's a zone kind of near the grandstand area that, Looks like it. If you look at it on a Google Map, it's it's kind of brown mud, and that's really what it is. It's a mud bog that's used for tractor poles, and so obviously there's not going to be any tractor poles. But it's not a place you want to have a flea market table either. But otherwise, the flea market will be pretty similar to what we're used to. But it'll also have a row of tables that goes around the outside of the track, at least most of it, except for the bog area. 
there's also going to be more entrances to the track than you can see on the Google map as they make it a lot easier for people to walk and drive in and out of it. But one of the neat innovations uh, that they're going to do to make sure they have enough room for all the inside exhibitors that need it is they're going to have what they call chateau-type tents. I call them wedding tents. They call them chateau tents. Uh, but they're very nice, and those will be on concrete. There's a paved parking lot that you can see that's um, to the south of the uh, main buildings. And that's going to have these chateau tents that have more inside exhibitors. And the inside exhibitors are not only going to be in those three buildings, but there's a fourth building kind of on the lower right if you look at the uh, uh, PDF that they now have on the Hamvention webpage. It has the booth diagram, but it does not have the tent area yet as they're going to see how many inside exhibitors they have and figure out how much tent space they need. Now, for the flea market vendors... Uh, they will also have a new tent area. Now, I don't know if you remember back around 2000 or 2001, they had a tent in the far corner of the flea yep. market. Yep, and, and that's, this where, be, uh, that's where the old Radio Shack as is place was. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's going to be where um, you'll have some inside uh, tent vendors. Uh, now, there were some vendors that came, like those surplus electronics places that had their own tents, and they will be probably accommodated in that area as well. So there's a grassy area um, that's also in front of the main buildings between that and the street, and that will be for the flea market tents and the flea market vendors that bring their own tents. So the flea market vendors that need normal stalls will be in the stalled area that's in the um, uh, horse track. And then there's an area on one edge of the track uh, on the outside of the fence that will also have flea market stalls. And then there will be this tented area um, that's uh, immediately adjacent. And there may also be some outside vendors that are um, in tents or stalls that are between these because there will be all sorts of spaces. And the, the big question was food. Is there going to be the beer truck? Yes, there is. They've invited the guy with the cheesecake on a stick. Uh, um, yeah, it wouldn't be Hamvention if you didn't have the cheesecake on a stick. That's right. And that was the first question was, is the cheesecake on a stick going to be there? Yeah, and is the beer trucks going to be there? And there will be at least one beer truck. Um, they also, uh, have talked about the fact that there's going to be a, a large, uh, catering type vendor that will be under a large tent serving as well as, uh, some local food trucks. And they said that there will be some healthier eating op options, but there's also going to be possibly some fair food as well. And speaking about fair food, um, when you go to a state fair or a large county fair, how do you get from the parking lot to the fairgrounds, uh, to the gate? It's usually a tractor-pulled wagon, correct? Well, yeah, I've seen some do that. Well, that's what's going to happen here. So it'll be like going to our Nebraska state fair where you park your car and you jump in the wagon that's being pulled by a big tractor. And uh, it'll take you up to the front gate where you get your tickets. Very so, nice. So that's what they're going to do. They're also going to have many more golf carts than they had before. Uh, 
they're going to have pretty much an army of golf carts to help people out that are having trouble getting around or uh, have boat anchors or things like that, power transformers and so forth that are probably a little more difficult to deal with. And uh, so there will be golf carts. But the nice thing is, is that you'll be able to ride those wagons out to the parking area and get a lot closer to your car. Because this fairgrounds, if you measure the distance from one end to the other, is a little over one half mile from one end to the other. Now, for the bicycle mobile hams, um, they never had anything near Hare Arena. They could do a decent demo. This place has a bike trail that actually bisects part of the fairgrounds and it continues across the street along a, a trail as well so uh, the bicycle mobile people will actually have uh, a, a great on-site demo area as well that's that's all excellent I'm, I'm glad to hear that those things are coming and and have they have they given any guarantees about no sewage well, you know, they've they've kind of talked about that, and it sounds like it's going to be through a, a combination of things. Number one, the facilities here are much newer. Uh, the fairgrounds was pretty much leveled in an EF4 uh, tornado in 2000 and rebuilt in 2001. So most all the buildings are brand new. And when they did that, they changed the drainage. Um, and that that also goes with the drainage from the infield of the uh, horse track where the flea market is and uh, things like that. And so what they've done is uh, they've, they've taken some of the parking area and made it into a um, uh, soccer field area during the summer. And so to keep those usable, they obviously have subsurface drainage that they've put in. And uh, the sewage system within the place is also modernized. And they're also talking about bringing in uh, large truck-type uh, washrooms, mobile washrooms. And uh, uh, I've seen that before at other events, and they're very nice. So, yeah, yep. so we're hoping everything goes well and we don't get too much rain and uh, everybody has a great time. And I'm I'm looking forward to it because it's my 37th. Very good, very good. Well, we've been uh, trying to get some dates scheduled here on the show for the Dare folks to come on and uh, take everybody's questions, and we just haven't. You know, they've been busy. Uh, <laughs> with we haven't received any response uh, from them yet, other than to assure us they're going to come on the show and. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll have them on soon, and then uh, we'll get try to get them on again um, within a few weeks of Hamvention uh, when things are, are closer to being finalized. I'm sure there's a lot of scrambling going on. And uh, here yeah, on Ham Talk Live, we've got five weeks of Hamvention coverage, so you'll have to listen. Yeah, obviously to that. they have more up to date information than I do. Um, basically the hints I got when I was there was that the, what the theme was going to be, which is interesting because I always have a theme as well. As you know, my slideshows, yep. I take a song and it has a theme and the two songs, I'm actually going to do two of them this year. One is the grand illusion by sticks and 
twice or three times in the song, it says, deep inside, we're all the same. And so when they said it's same friends, uh, new home, I thought, well, this is perfect. It goes with the song. The other song I'm going to use is The Show Must Go On. It'll be a funnier look at people getting around in the new venue. And that's by Three Dog Night. So you'll dig around that song and you'll say, yeah, right. what is Joe going to do with that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be fun. Good. That camera's going to be busy this year, very busy. They've oh, asked me to be part of like the ribbon cutting. They want me to do two things. They want me to take a picture of the ribbon cutting and possibly don the hat at that point. So oh, we'll see. yeah, yeah. Well, look. Because this will be the 20th. Uh, hamvention that it has With been that. worn. Oh, well, look, look for the dawning of the Dr. Seuss hat uh, at uh, this year's Dayton Hamvention. And uh, like I said, here on the show, we've got five weeks of Hamvention preview shows uh, leading up to that weekend of May 19th. So be sure to listen to Ham Talk Live for what's coming up over at Hamvention in Xenia. And we're going to broadcast live again. Uh, on Hamvention Eve, Thursday, uh, May 18th. That's uh, going to be, again, from the Spring Hill Suites in Miamisburg. So uh, come join us in the live audience uh, if you can. And if you can't, make sure you tune in at hamtalklive.com. And we're going to take a break, uh, but we're going to be back and uh, have some more with Joe Eisenberg and uh, talk some kits right after this message from Tower Electronics here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a Hamfest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and ham sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and Hampro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Oh, baby. You put a 5-9 in my logbook. Now enjoy more Ham Talk Live. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. All right, thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight so we can bring you Ham Talk Live. They're going to be at the Miami Hambury this weekend in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and next weekend, the Orlando Hamcation. And coming up, Dalton, Georgia, and Cave City, Kentucky. Call 920-435-2973 or visit them at pl-259.com online. And Joe, you're going to be running into them soon. 
Yes, I will. I'll be seeing them at the Orlando Hamcation and I, I like to put in a plug for them as well because they have some neat low-cost soldering equipment and plugs, jacks, and connectors, which is the thing that I preach the most to have on hand as a uh, kit builder to make sure you're ready to use your kit when it's done. And I rely on Scott and Jill and Tower Electronics uh, for all of my connector needs. So uh, definitely visit Tower Electronics or PL259.com. Yep, I do as well. They uh, take really good care of me, so we appreciate you guys, and um, thanks for uh, throwing that in, Joe. Um, again, that's 920-435-2973 or pl-259.com. Okay, uh, it's time to take some calls, but um, we didn't talk kits because we got all excited about Hamvention, and we've even got more that we can uh, talk about on Hamvention. But uh, f- let's take a couple of minutes at least to talk about this uh, this new kit um, that uh, you want to talk about. And uh, if you want to call in, go ahead and give us a call. It's 812-NET-HAM-1, 812 812- Six three eight four two six one. You may just have to wait a couple of minutes while we're uh, talking about the Bayou Jumper. So, what's a Bayou Jumper? Well, a Bayou Jumper is kind of an interesting kit. It was partially designed by N5IB from Louisiana, hence the name Bayou. And uh, the transmit part and the integration part of it and the circuit board layout was done by uh, David Kripe, NM0S. And for those of you who don't know him, he's designed a lot of the four state QRP groups kits. And he is uh, a design engineer for Rockwell Collins Uh, Collins Radio in Cedar Rapids. So he knows what he's doing, and uh, he puts together some pretty incredible radios at very low cost. Um, This particular kit fits in a wooden box that you have to buy from Hobby Lobby, and that's bought separately from the kit. You order the kit from the four-state group, and it does come with four blocks of wood that you need to mount the board inside that box. Uh, so it does come with that part of it, but you actually need the wooden box itself from Hobby Lobby. And if you go to the four state QRP page, which is 4sqrp.com, uh, you can see the number of the, uh, box that you need to put together this kit. Now, what it is, is it's a replica of a World War II paraset. And what these were was the originals were a crystal-controlled transmitter, and a variable uh, uh, frequency regenerative receiver. Very simple. They were three-tube sets, and, of course, they had to be plugged in or used with some heavy batteries. And these were dropped by parachute behind enemy lines for people of the resistance and underground to pick up and use to communicate back to London and so forth. So... Uh, just before, of course, uh, when our military went into uh, Europe. And so they were, v- by nature, very simple transmitters and receivers. They put out about 5 watts, and they had a simple regenerative receiver. Well, this is the same thing except for solid state. So you can run it off of 12 volts. Uh, the CW key is built into it just like it was in the original 
and you plug in headphones just like the original and you got to calibrate the dial yourself with a, and make a chart just like the original was because it is a regenerative receiver and the knobs and the placement and the way it works is pretty much identical to the way the original worked it's just with solid state components instead of tubes so the receiver only draws about 20 milliamps on receive which is pretty phenomenal but it draws a lot more than that when you transmit because it's putting out 5 watts. But there's no heat sink or anything because he uses Class E. And there's one toroid to wind, and that's for the regenerative receiver. But there's no toroids to wind for the transmit filters because they are spiral-wound coils that are built into the circuit board. Already done for you. It's It's pretty phenomenal. And so... The Bayou Jumper has become a, a great big seller, and any money that's made from that helps to finance Ozarkon, which is the four-state QRP's annual gathering the first weekend in April in Branson, Missouri, a great place to go. All right, and we've got a picture of that on our social media, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you want to see a picture of the Bayou Jumper, I know my, my friend Scott in 4JN was commenting how beautiful that thing was uh, earlier today so uh, yeah the one i check out I, the picture the one i sent is the one i built and i'm i've yet to sand it and stain it yet so of course obviously in the photo it's not going to look as much different but uh when it's done the wood will be a lot smoother and it'll be stained and everything and people are putting like travel stickers on it old style travel stickers like paris rome london or whatever oh yeah yeah and yeah. i'm I'm going to decorate mine a little differently. It'll have luggage tags and stickers from different airlines. Nice. Very nice. 812-NET-HAM-1 is the telephone number. If you'd like to call in and ask a kit question or a question about Hamvention, give us a call, 812-NET-HAM-1, or you can Skype us at HamTalkLive, or you can tweet to us over uh, there on that Twitter thing, at HamTalkLive. And by the way, uh, KB8DNS has sent us a tweet from Michigan and says this will be uh, his 12th trip in a row to Dayton and uh, will be at the uh, Build-A-Thon. So uh, he'll be there with you. And uh, so Rod says uh, 7-3, and uh, he's looking forward to the trip to Dayton. Yeah, the Build-A-Thon at uh, FDIM is hosted by Rex, uh, W1REX, from Maine. And the kit this year is a combination of previous kits he's made, but he's kind of integrating them and kind of redesigning them to make it a lot more stable. And what it is is a crystal oscillator um, and a, a more stable crystal oscillator that runs a frequency counter so that you can plug a crystal in and test it. And what what the object is is because so many people are building these uh, bio jumpers, that use the, the regular old style crystals, people are either taking the guts out of a, a crystal and then putting a modern crystal in the same case and closing it up, or they're actually grinding down the quartz element in the crystal. Like if it's just below the 40 meter band, it's ideal. And they sand it down a bit with the special method. And they, they get it to resonate on one of the popular QRP frequencies. And so what Rex is going to do is everybody is going to get to grind down their own crystals to use with this kind of a kit and test it and see what exact 
frequency it's on and then obviously take home that device so that you can sand down and adjust your own crystals. Uh, wow. Which I think is I think is spectacular. Now he Very did this. Cool. He did this with one test set. Um, so everybody had to test from the same machine uh, in at Ozarkon uh, about eight or nine years ago or so, and it was a lot of fun. And so now he's modernizing that so everybody gets to build the test set and take it home and have a couple of crystals that they've ground and can use with these Paraset-type radios. And obviously these crystals, once they're ground and stuff, can be used both in the solid-state version. And some people are making tube-type replicas that are, are even more hewn towards the original. But uh, I like the solid-state one because it's a lot lighter and a lot easier to deal with. But... Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, the Build-A-Thon at OzarkCon, this one is going to be an 80-meter CW transceiver. And uh, using uh, it's also designed by David Kripe, NM0S. And it's kind of a, a better version of a Pixie, much more sensitive receiver, so you can actually hear something a lot easier. And it will still have the spiral-wound coils on the board, just for 80 meters, so that the output matches the FCC specs for harmonic output and so forth and, and makes a bandpass filter for the input. So uh, it's going to be a spectacular uh, build-a-thon season. Excellent. And we want to get uh, into some more Hamvention stuff, but if you've got a question, uh, we just have a few minutes left. So give us a call now at 812-NAT-TAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or uh, tweet us over at Ham Talk Live, and uh, again on the questions, uh, realize that Joe isn't the official spokesperson for Dara. He's just one of their special guests and has uh, documented uh, by photography uh, tons and tons of Hamvention history. So um, he'll be able to answer your questions as best he can. But we're still uh, hoping to uh, get some of the committee uh, on here soon. Um, and again, before uh, Hamvention uh, takes place, so uh, we can get as much information as possible that's up to date. So, eight one two net ham one is the number. If you want to give us a call, do that right now. And I know uh, during the commercial we were talking, you said you want to talk a, a little bit about uh, traffic and the. Uh, uh, talk-in arrangements and, and some changes that were going on on that. So uh, go ahead and, and address those, and uh, we'll see if uh, we have some questions for you. All right, Neil. Well, the the obvious obstacle here when you're looking at the Google map is the fact that the road that goes in front of it is two lanes without a turn lane or shoulder. So you're going to have to have some active traffic control to get things moving there uh, correctly. And obviously, the local residents are going to have to avoid that area. Um, they said that they actually have somebody who is a professional traffic engineer, and he is working carefully on traffic patterns and ideas to get people in and out the quickest way possible, and is working with I think they said four different law enforcement agencies, including the uh, county sheriff, the Xenia police, um, the people that run the park, as well as the Ohio Highway Patrol. 
and and they're going to make an effort to make sure that traffic moves smoothly uh, going in and out. Because once again, you're bringing in 25,000 people into a county fairgrounds that previously has seen about 8,000 or more on a peak day in the county fair. So um, not that it can't handle it, because it will, but um, we're going to be needing to use the resources as best possible. And they, they showed me how they're going to have a group that normally is responsible for parking the cars during the county fair, and they will be uh, uh, pre-marking the parking area and organizing and routing the cars in so everybody gets parked as quickly as possible and gets out, gets in those wagons, and on to the gates. Very good. And then uh, you mentioned something about talk-in? Yeah, of course, 146.94 is the main DARA repeater. Uh, they may have another repeater that may or may not, we're not sure, you know, might have some recorded messages or something. And uh, there might be other outlets through the local broadcasters and so forth to make sure that people know what they're dealing with. Because absolutely the first day or two of this thing is going to be uh, interesting because nobody's been there. And everybody knew where they were going, going to Hare Arena, because each year only a small percentage, 5 or 10% or so, were people who had never been there. So here you're dealing with almost 100% of people have never been to this place. So the talk-in is going to be important and keeping an ear out because obviously there'll be people going the same way you are and listening to those instructions as well as having some kind of GPS or something might be handy as well. Yeah, everybody had their own little favorite way to... uh to get there and, and to get to where, uh, you wanted to go. And, uh, that's all gone now. So, <laughs> well, we're just so going to be a learning find, experience. We'll find our new favorites. And exactly. a lot of people are changing where they stay. My hotel is now in the Beaver Creek area. So, uh, I don't have to travel as far. If I, if I kept my old reservation, I'd be driving an extra 25, 30 minutes each way. So, uh, it's a big difference, and so there will be people changing where they stay. Now, now those who stay like at UD, at the University of Dayton dorms, and the downtown hotels, they aren't any farther. It's just a different direction. It's about the same time and the same distance, and I've checked it out. And uh, But if you're staying like in the northwest part of town because you were closer to Hare Arena, that, that's going to be a longer drive. Yeah, man, looks like uh, mine's about the same. Uh, I usually end up on the south end, yeah. and uh, it looks like about the same. Yeah, Miamisburg will be right about exactly the same. Yeah, so, well, Joe, I hate to say it, but we've run out of time. <laughs> we could go on and on. Oh, yes, we could, and I, I enjoy working with you, Neil. Well, I enjoy uh, having you... Uh, come on and and talk about this stuff and of course uh we'll have you back soon and uh maybe we'll get more into uh some of the kits and and that kind of thing but uh thanks for coming on the show and sharing what you've learned from your visit to xenia ohio and uh, look forward to seeing you there if not before you bet i really look forward to it all right, that's Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, and that's a wrap. 
for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. I'd like to thank Joe and all the callers and listeners and tweeters out there in cyberspace and invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time when George Nicholson, N4GRN, is going to be here. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. We've had all kinds of shows about the big de-expeditions and some of those top 10 de-expeditions, and, and this is the guy who does all the packing for those. Uh, this is the guy who takes care of all of the uh, packing and logistics for uh, uh, Bob Alfin and um, several of the big de-expeditions. So uh, looking forward to that next week. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, be sure to visit HamTalkLive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Seven three and good luck from Ham Talk Live.